So I want to um, share one of Rabbi Yel's Hasidish Gedanke from Parsha. Rabbi Yel made a series of Sichas the Rebbe in a very um, brief form uh, to give you like a Hasidic nugget uh, from the Torah portion of the week to live with. Um, people always think that Rabbi Yel says his own teachings. <laughs> he doesn't. Everything he says is from the Rebbe. But uh, he puts in such a clear, easy-to-understand way so that you think it's something else. So, um, I'm gonna, when I post it, I'll, I'll, I'll find the, uh, the source of it, but I just listened to, to Rabbi Yel saying it this morning, so I uh, could try to say it in the same easy-to-understand way, hopefully. Uh, obviously, I'm not, uh, I wasn't given the same gift. But <laughs> anyways, but I just do want to share <clears throat> this. This, the, 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 I think, I think it's, it's, it's not, not okay that we don't have these things in English because they're, I know like when I learned something from Biel, it's like, it's like it's, you could eat it. Like, it's, you feel nourished after you learn something from Biel. You, you learn something and then you feel, ah, I got something. Okay, with no further ado. Um, in the beginning of this sixth Torah portion, it says, V'hoye eketishmun, if you will keep the mitzvahs of Hashem, so Hashem will keep for you uh, the covenant, the kindness, and the oath that He swore to your ancestors. You keep their mitzvahs, and Hashem will keep uh, all, all the those good things. He'll give you the covenant and the kindness and, and the uh, oath. We find this similar kind of exchange in a few other places in the Torah. For example, in Parshat B'chul Kosai, it says, if you'll keep my mitzvahs, so I'll give you uh, rain in its season. Keep mitzvahs and you'll get, you'll get rewarded. And there are many other places in the Torah where we find this, in Shema, just in Parshat V'eschanam. If you'll listen to um, Parshat if you'll keep my, listen to my mitzvahs, Hashem says, I'll give you rain in its season. So, there's something unique, however, over here, and what's unique is the Torah is describing here not just listening to mitzvahs in general, but listening to it in a very specific way. The Torah doesn't just say, if you will listen to the mitzvahs. The Torah says, akif, if you will akif the mitzvahs. What does akif mean? So it does mean if, but it also means the heel. And Rashi says, this means, if you will listen to those mitzvahs that people usually step on, then Hashem will give you all these good things. So we're not just talking about listening to Hashem in general, but listening to Hashem in a way that you're paying attention to even those things that other people ignore or that you ignore, that people, things that you usually might uh, trample underfoot. That's the, um, that's the emphasis in, in, of, of the, this, this, this passage. What's surprising is like this. Uh, there are um, three words the Torah is using here to describe what Hashem is giving you. And each of these three words um, in, emphasize how Hashem is giving you something that should require less of you than more. And yet the Torah says here that in order to get these three things which are which seem to be much easier to receive, that require less preparation to get, that require less of a vessel to get. To get these three things, you have to do a lot more. Why, why do, do I say these three things are things that you should, um, 
that, that should be easier to receive. Let's take let's, let's look at them one by one. First of all, there is the bris. What's a bris mean? Bris means that two people make a pact with each other and they decide they're always going to love each other. They do love each other right now. That's why they're making this covenant. But they're afraid that their love may stop. So they make this promise to each other that the love will not stop. Why might it stop? Tomorrow there may be a new reason why Reuven uh, shouldn't love Shem. Today Reuven loves Shem. Tomorrow there might crop up some reason in Reuven's life why he decides that Shem isn't worth his time. So uh, Reuven makes a decision that he's not going to let go of the love. So it's not dependent upon what Shimon may do or may not do. Reuben is deciding, I'm going to love Shimon no matter what. So that means that if we're talking about Hashem's covenant with Jewish people. Hashem is promising the Jewish people that he's going to give us something. He's talking about some kind of divine uh, beneficence. Is that a word? Some kind of divine thing, divine, divine flow of goodness that's going to come to us. Beneficence, right? That's a good word. Beneficence. Beneficence. Oh, thank you. Okay, good. Dr. Bressman, uh, beneficence. Thank you. Okay, so so some kind of divine gift. In order to get that gift, you have the the Torah says you got to do something special. But we're not talking about something which, which should require anything. We're talking about a promise, which is in a promise in a way of a covenant that no matter what Hashem says, I'm going to be connected to the Jewish people. Let's take the other word. Uh, the Shvua. What's a Shvua? Shvua is an oath. The Gemara says that uh, people should, or they, not nowadays, but it used to be something people would do, to make an oath that you're going to do a mitzvah. Nowadays we shouldn't do this because uh, we may take the oath and uh, not fulfill it. Not so um, as, as strong as people of previous generations. Um, I don't know who said this, but they said the difference between American Chassidim and Russian Chassidim is American Chassidim are like twigs. You light them up and then, you know, very excited. Oh, yeah, 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 let's do that. And then it disappears. Versus uh, Russian Chassidim are like logs. You don't see that, that excitement, but they burn and burn all the way through. Anyway, so, uh, so, so the idea of swearing to a mitzvah, why you swear to a mitzvah? You want to do the mitzvah. That's why, you're, that's, why you're, that's why you want to make this oath, because you want to do it. So why do you have to make an oath for it? The idea of making an oath to the mitzvah is that you're saying to yourself that this really matters to me and I'm afraid that I may not have the impetus to do this tomorrow. So I'm swearing, I'm binding myself to this mitzvah in a way that's, that's not just based upon how I understand and how I feel, the value of what I'm doing. I am making an oath and keep this mitzvah. Chassidah says when you make an oath to do something, it unleashes your inner strength. So like your resolve to the mitzvah has some kind of, um, it, it, it's based upon logic, it's based upon your feeling. So it, it, tomorrow that may change. So you make an oath to keep the mitzvah, that man, no, matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on tomorrow, you're still going to do the mitzvah. So what's an oath about? An oath is about something that you're deciding to do at all costs, that, you're, that no matter what you're going to do. So we're talking about the oath that Hashem swore to our forefathers, uh, we're talking about something that Hashem is deciding to give us, irrespective of our behavior. doesn't matter what we do. We're talking about something that Hashem says, that no matter what you do, I swear to you, I swear to your fathers, to your ancestors, that I will be there and I will give you this beneficence. Okay. So uh, that's the second word. What's the third word? The third word is chesed. What's chesed mean? 
Chesed means, kindness means, there is Gvura. What's Gvura mean? Gvura means that I am going to measure you and, 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 and see if you are deserving or not deserving, if you need or if you don't need. And based upon how deserving you are, that's how much I will give you or not. Um, Gvura is taking into consideration the, the person that you are judging. Gvura is about judgment. Chesed is something different. Chesed is, I want to give because I want to give. Chesed is, I want to do kindness because I want to do kindness. It's not about you. It's about, it's about being kind, about not measuring the other person, about not judging the other person, not being judgmental, just about being kind because, because you're, 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 you want to be kind, you don't want to be judgmental. You're making a decision. I want to be generous, I want to be kind, I want to be good. And, uh, and it's your lucky day, I'm going to do that for you. So, so that, that, that's what kindness is. So if Hashem is talking about His kindness, which doesn't tell you that Hashem's kindness is way beyond our kindness, doesn't tell you that uh, Hashem's kindness is infinite. And that's why he, <coughs> the author mentions in the, in the chapter 11 of Gersa Tshuva <coughs> that even though we make, make the same mistakes every single year, again and again and again, Hashem still forgives us. Why does He still forgive us? Alter Gersa says that when a human being, when you hurt someone badly, it's not easy for them, to, for them to forgive you. If you go back and do the same thing to them again, it's much harder for them to forgive you. Do this a third and a fourth time. The Gemara says that Jews forgive. That's, our, that's the characteristic of a Jew. Uh, the reason why uh, David HaMelech made a decree that the Gevainim are not allowed to marry into the Jewish people, although they're technically Jewish, was because they displayed cruelty. What was the cruelty that they displayed? Shaul HaMelech had killed from the Gevainim. He killed people, and they, they wanted it to take revenge and kill the children of Shaul. So David HaMelech asked them to forgive them, and they didn't forgive him. Because they didn't forgive, David said they don't belong to the Jewish people. So forgiveness is something we're supposed to have. What's unique about Hashem's forgiveness? It's Hashem is infinite kindness. And therefore Hashem forgives us again and again and again, the hundredth and the thousandth time as if it was the first time. So we're talking about this Pasuk about Hashem's infinite kindness and Hashem's oath to always be there for us, and Hashem's covenant with the Jewish people, all of these items are things which shouldn't be dependent on something that we do. And yet, the Torah doesn't just say that Hashem will um, give us these things if we keep mitzvahs a little bit. Like it says in Parshish B'chukos, if you keep my mitzvahs, I'll give you rain in the season. <clears throat> Only here, we're talking about things <clears throat> which it seems... That these things are the, are, are, are the kind that we shouldn't have to do anything. These are the things which should be for free. These things which are free, Hashem says, you have to do more. Not just you have to keep terimitzis in general, but in order to get these specific items, these items which should be for free, then you have to, you have to not just keep terimitzis in general, but you have to keep terimitzis in a way that you even keep those things which people usually trample underfoot. And it's not sufficient that you're doing terimitzvahs, you have to do terimitzvahs in a way that's beyond the regular order, which is to keep even those mitzvahs that people usually ignore, people usually step on. Well, the, op- the opposite would make sense. You would, you would think these are the things that Hashem gives us without us doing anything. So how come specifically for these items, which, are, which are, seem to be unconditional, Hashem doesn't just make a condition, it makes a harder condition than, than regular mitzvahs. So the answer is like this. There are two kinds, in general, the answer is like this. It says in the Zayar, 
Hashem does not want us to have what's called Naba Dechsufa. Hashem doesn't want us to have what's called shameful bread. You get something for free, you don't really enjoy it because you don't feel that you've earned it. And the Gemara says a person would rather have one measure of anything that he earned himself than nine measures of the same thing that he gets for free from someone else. Parenthetically, uh, the reason why Hashem made us with this nature, why does Hashem make us with this nature? Why couldn't Hashem make us with, this nature, with a nature of like, I like free things. And then we wouldn't have, Hashem wants us to work in order that we should, we should uh, have feel full uh, benefit of what we're doing because if it would be for free, we would feel, we would feel ashamed by it. Hashem could have made us with a nature that we, don't ha- that we are okay with free things. But the reason Hashem made us specifically with the nature, the nature that we want to work to get what we have is because Hashem wants us to be a partner with Hashem in creation. Since Hashem wants us to be a partner with Him in creation, therefore Hashem wants us to, um, to He created us with this need of wanting to, to earn things ourselves. So, there are two kinds of divine flow. There is a limited divine flow, which is dependent upon one kind of service of Hashem. And there's an infinite divine flow, which, is, which to get that kind of divine flow, it requires an infinite um, a, a, a higher and infinite service of Hashem. The Ramami panel is also a favorite of Yale's. Rabbi will always repeat this, this particular Ramami panel. Ramami panel is a Kabbalist. And he had a teaching on the Pasuk. It says, My beloved ran to the mountains, the fragrant mountains, the mountain of Psalm. Mountains of Psalm were very tall mountains. And this is in Song of Songs. And the uh, Ramami panel says that the mountain... The, the fragrant mountains refer to a, a, a very lofty divine light. Why does it refer to lofty divine light? Because it, because it refers to a high mountain. The, the, those mountains were very tall mountains. Since they're, they're tall mountains, they refer to lofty divine light. One second. Just because they're tall mountains, what do they have to do with lofty divine light? The sky told uh, Rabbi Golam, Shpian 770, he said to him, I'll put on tefillin on one condition. Can answer my question? Can God uh, create a rock that He cannot lift? So Gollum immediately said, "Out thinking, he says, why are you asking about a rock? Why don't you ask about a feather?'" The guy was blown away. He, he put on tefillin. So we have our whole, uh, we have our set of things we think are big and small. From Hashem's perspective, a mountain isn't big and a, and, and a, and a pebble isn't small. Why is that the analogy for, of divine light? So the Remembi Pano says that even though in Hashem's world, from the perspective of Hashem, a mountain, a big mountain doesn't have anything uh, to do with it, a higher divine light, but Hashem in the Torah, He gives us things in the Torah which have some relevance to our world. Since in our world, in our language, a tall mountain is something big, therefore represents a bigger, higher light. The Remembi Pano. I'll, 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 send, I'll, I'll text you to you later. Is, 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 Mi Pano, from Pano. Rame. I suppose to Ramah, Rame. Okay. So, so um, analogy uh, of of Rabiel from Chassidus. Uh, it says in Shlav Hashem with all your might, right? All your might. What's all your might? For you, all your might means to learn a half hour a day. It takes every fiber of your being to learn a half hour a day. For another person, a half hour a day is a walk in the park. It's not even a walk in the park. It's like negligible. That's easy. 
But when you serve Hashem beyond your limitation, that also triggers from Hashem a divine light that's beyond the limitation. You went beyond your limit. You went You went all the way for you. So that what gives you, Hashem responds to you according to what's, what's according to you. So since you went beyond limitation, that brings down from Hashem also something beyond limitation. Even though it's not really, what you're doing is not beyond limitation. It's not only beyond Hashem's limitations. It's not, it's not beyond the, another person's limitation. But since for you it's beyond limitation, it also causes something, it draws down something which is, which is infinite. So getting back to um, the divine flow that Hashem gives us in this Victoria portion. Hashem tells us He gives us in this Victoria portion. Hashem says, if you will keep my mitzvahs, how will you keep my mitzvahs? You will keep those mitzvahs which people usually trample underfoot. Then I will give you these, these three things. Why does Hashem require us to do more to get three, these three things? Because th- these three items that we're talking about in this week's Torah portion are all infinite. They're all, take, let's take the first one, a bris, a covenant. You're deciding to love someone. Because, let's say you, you, you ordinarily, how does love work? You love someone, it says in, we say it says in the Song of Songs very simply, it says, just like water reflects your face, so too the feelings you have in your heart are reflected in the heart of another. So the more you love someone, the more they love you back. The more you appreciate another person's goodness, another person's kindness, and how special someone is, how wonderful someone is, that's how much you love them, based upon their virtues and your appreciation of their virtues. It's, there's, it, it, there, there's a limited relationship. When the person loses those virtues and they stop acting so kindly and so nicely and so wonderfully, you stop loving them, or you love them less, depending on what they still have. Usually people don't work that way, actually. Usually someone makes, has a flaw... And, and, and if you're used to someone being very, very amazing and they, have, and they have this flaw in your head because you're expecting a different kind of conduct, that person to you becomes worse than another person. Whatever. Just to decide. Anyway, so ordinarily relationship has a limitation. Ruvain loves Shimon in a limited way according to the virtues of Shimon. What's a covenant mean? Ruvain loves Shimon in a different... He's going to love Shimon no matter what. Why is loving him no matter what? Because he's not loving him because of the virtues of Shimon, his love is coming from his essence. The covenant means that he's promising to always love him. Why is he going to always love him? Because it's not coming from... If you love someone because it makes sense to love them, you're using something external in you to trigger, to generate emotions towards the other person. So you're tapping into the externality, to the superficiality of the other person, to their intellect, to their feelings, to their behavior, and that's what's generating in you positive feelings toward that person. You're reaching out to the externality of the other person, and that's generating you some also external feelings. It's not, it's, not, it's not summoning your core, not summoning your essence. On the other hand, when you make a covenant with someone, the of a covenant is that you... you decide that you're not that, that, that this person matters to you it matters to you in a way that doesn't matter if they lose those virtues doesn't matter if, if they have those those the, that if have, they care about you the same way doesn't matter even they stop caring about you and they don't care about you at all you still make a, your essence is connected to that person and no matter what you're still going to love that person anyways that's 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 the idea of, of a bris similarly a shvua what's the meaning of a shvua you want to do something so do it why are you swearing Deva is, again, you're swearing to a mitzvah. That means you're connecting yourself with this mitzvah in your very essence. Your essence, your very being is attached to this mitzvah. And same is also with chesed. So, so Hashem is saying to us, there is a kind of divine flow which is limited. And that's, and that's triggered, that's brought down to the world through a limited service of Hashem. But to bring down this infinite 
infinite light of Hashem. Hashem doesn't want us to be for free because He doesn't want us to have, to have shameful bread. He wants us to give us the ultimate good, the best kind of good. And therefore Hashem wants us specifically to do something that would merit this infinite divine flow. To give us this infinite divine flow, Hashem wants us to do first something that's infinite in ourselves. So everything is always, every kind of feeling always has expression. You feel a certain way, it always, it always, it always comes out. It always, it always, it, it, you never have a, um, human beings are like that. You, know, you, you, you feel a certain way, it's, it's going to be expressed a certain way. It, it, it's going to come out in your behavior. Your feelings always are mirrored in your behavior. So we're talking about making a, a devotion, having a devotion, a mysterious nefesh, devotion to Hashem, which is beyond logic and reason. How do we see that expressed in our life? So what does Rashi say? Rashi says, what will give you the bris and the ches and the shvul? What will give you Hashem's covenant and kindness and oath? What will give it to you is the akif, keeping mitzvahs that people usually trample underfoot. Why is that the thing that triggers the, this kind of divine flow? What, why do mitzvahs? What makes you want to do mitzvahs? Some people do mitzvahs because they feel the value of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are good things. They feel the goodness and the sweetness and the pleasantness of a mitzvah. And, and, and therefore they do mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are, are, are uh, there are 248 limbs of the body, which correspond to the 248 mitzvahs, which correspond to 248 kinds of divine flow. So there are, there are some mitzvahs which are head mitzvahs. Some mitzvahs, mitzvahs which are heart mitzvahs. Some mitzvahs which you know that they're valuable. <clears throat> and, and you keep those mitzvahs more carefully because you know these are big ones. You, you don't want to miss um, eating matzah night of the Seder. You don't want to miss uh, uh, fasting in Yom Kippur. You know, those are big ones. So, so, so that's your relationship to mitzvahs if you're serving Hashem in a, based upon the value of the relationship, based upon the value of the mitzvahs. If you're measuring the mitzvahs, then some mitzvahs matter more and some mitzvahs matter less because you're looking at the mitzvahs, right, as, as, as how much value they have. So therefore you do them, your, your, your performance of them is, is based upon that, on, on how much you understand you, you're, how valuable they are and how much you understand how valuable they are that day. Then there's another way of serving Hashem. And that is that you have a devotion to Hashem which is infinite. And it's, you know, it's not because it's a bigger mitzvah, not because it's a smaller mitzvah, it's because it's Hashem's thing. Because Hashem said to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a minog, it doesn't matter if it's the raisa, the man of the rabbonon. You are devoted to the eibishter. You, you're devoted to Hashem. Since you're devoted to Hashem, it doesn't matter if he is... If he's asking you to do a minag, he's asking you to do to, to do to do a, a, a din of the rabbanon and of the araisa. You it matters. Hashem wants this. There, there's no difference from Hashem's perspective um, in how it, 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 they're, they're both things he wants. So when a Jew serves Hashem in a way of he, he puts his core in the mitzvahs, puts his essence in the mitzvahs, and how do you see that? That he even keeps those mitzvahs that people usually travel, trample on the foot. that those aren't those aren't important. Then Hashem responds to him. And Hashem gives also to the, the divine flow to this person, the, uh, the, which is also infinite, which is also beyond, beyond all limitation. Hashem gives us the shvua and the chesed and the bris. When we devote Hashem to ourselves to Hashem from our essence, Hashem also responds and, and He reveals to us and He gives to us this infinite divine flow which comes from Hashem's essence. Vashestu, questions, comments, criticism. Chomor made a face. I don't know if that, what that means. Practically, you can do mitzvah usually trample on their foot.
people. Like, like, like Russian heart. I'm mean, talking during that one. Like, what? It's true. If, it, if, it, if it's immeasurable, it's much easier to. Uh, we are discussing yesterday the mitzvah of knowing Hashem. <laughs> Did you do that mitzvah today? The, the, the mitzvah says that if you don't do that mitzvah, you don't think about Hashem's, Hashem's oneness every day. It's worse than not putting on the film. Don't put on the film, Vitor Rebbe says. You're rebelling against Hashem with your body, the Gemara says. You're, you're, someone doesn't put on the film one day, they're rebelling against Hashem with their body. Someone doesn't, doesn't think about the greatness of Hashem, the oneness of Hashem, Vitor Rebbe says, he's rebelling against Hashem with his soul. He's rejecting Hashem with his soul. So, yeah, we don't really know, the, but, but, but let's say that. Okay, so after that one, Vitor says, so it's so important. That's, that's my relationship to, there are three things that the Gemara says people always trample on their foot. The Gemara says, Vitor Teira, Avak Lashonhara, Veda. Things that people, yeah, it doesn't matter. So the Ramam says, listen, many more. Yeah, but, but, but whatever it is for, for, for me, why am I making that distinction? I'm making that distinction because that's how I look at the whole thing. It's not, about, it's not about Hashem. It's about how valuable the things He said are. This is a big one. This is a small one. This is an in-betweener. But if I, if, if I value Hashem Himself, if I, if I, if I devote myself to Hashem, it doesn't matter. Then Hashem also responds and devotes Himself to me also in an infinite way. There are different levels to mitzvahs, but we, our perception might be off. Right? Isn't that also one of the angles? It's like, say, it's like trampling on those, don't think your logic of which one's the big one, that might be inaccurate. That's true too. That's true too. You may, may be inaccurate. But the, 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 the language of Pirkeyavis is don't sit and measure the mitzvahs. Why shouldn't you measure them? The Mishnah says because they're all equal. There is a rule in the Torah that if it's something is a suffix that I saw, if it's a doubt of some a biblical obligation, you have to be strict. If something is a doubt of a rabbinic obligation, you're lenient. But that's just because Hashem said so. It's not because this is something Hashem wants less and Hashem wants more. They're both the will of Hashem. And Hashem says in his, that He wants the suffix that I to be lechumana, so they're bound to be the Want to put on tefillin? Okay, let's do that. Hazak Baruch.